Welcome to the law firm of Davis and Davis. We're not a real law firm. Go ahead, grab a beer, a glass of wine, sit back and listen. Burke and I are here to welcome you back to part two. Scenes I didn't like was the football scene. Really? I I found it boring. Uh, I mean, you've got these two doctors who basically break into a hospital in Seoul. <laughs> do two surgeries without being authorized to do it and never get arrested. Well, the first one was the Senator's son. They were invited there, but they weren't okay. Wait, they weren't authorized by the, they weren't authorized by the guy who runs the hospital yet. They made a mistake. I want two steaks. (laughs) How do you want that cooked? Freaking hilarious. Um I liked I liked the scene I love the scene where they put the microphone into the tent with Frank and Hot Lips and post it for the entire camp to hear, which is funny as all hell. And and then I also loved where uh Duke was like swearing up and down she ain't a real blonde. And so they do the whole flap on the tent while she's having the shower. Uh, and her going off on the colonel was hilarious. That was actually one. Uh, that was another one of my favorites was the uh, the fact that they had everyone lined up in stadium seating <laughs> to flip up the side of the tent while she was while Hulan was taking a shower. She's blonde, by the way. So, you know, uh, good stuff there. Oh my God. Uh, trivia time. Tom Skerritt recalled that the dialogue was about 85% improvised through the whole movie. Altman liked that organic stuff and he would actually mic up individual people tape it and then put it back onto the film where it's overlapping. Like you are watching a real conversation, but you have to like, you can follow two or three different conversations that are happening simultaneously, which is great for rewatching it. Cause you can be like, okay, what was that person saying? Wait, what was that person saying there? And he, he did it all the time. Um, yeah. You remember us talking about Mike Altman's son or, uh, I mean, Robert Altman's son, Mike. Yeah. The film's famous theme song was originally intended to be the stupidest song ever written, (laughs) which is why they had a 14 year old kid write it. Once again, at the end of my trivia, it says he ended up making millions in royalties. Yeah. So, so you know, Roger Ebert reviewed this movie, right? Uh, why don't you give me the... Out of four stars, what do you think Ebert gave this movie? One. Four out of four. He Good loved man. it. Good yeah. man. 
Rot Rotten Tomatoes and the audience are within one percent. That Rotten Tomatoes is eighty four percent, audience is eighty three percent, with fifty thousand audience reviews of the movie. So strong stuff there. Uh the first take of the shot where Hot Lips is revealed in the shower didn't work because Sally Kellerman anticipated the reveal. I forgot about that, yeah. <laughs> she was already laying on the floor when the tent flap went up. Can't use that. To distract her, Robert Altman and Gary Berghoff entered the shower tent and dropped their trousers that i did not know while the shop was rolling outside <laughs> while kellerman was staring at them the tent flap was raised resulting in her genuine surprise <laughs> so wow this, this movie was actually nominated for academy award for best picture Best Director, Best Supporting Actress, Sally Kellerman, um, Best Film Editing, and it won for Best Screenplay based on material from another medium, which then pissed off the guy who wrote the book who only made a couple hundred dollars. So, uh, Wow. Um, hey, did you know that on opening night of the show, Donald Sutherland's parents went to see the film for oh, the no. premiere. His father stood up and said, hi, Donnie. After the scene where Hawkeye says, hi, dad. <laughs> uh, the scene where Father Mulcahy is blessing the jeep was all improvised none of that was written <laughs> i think that's awesome I, I love the part where he's blessing the jeep and he's reading out the directions that are in the book also <laughs> bless the item <laughs> 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 i love when he comes in when they're listening to to frank and margaret and he's like is this the battling bickersons i love that show and he listens for another minute he's like oh, oh 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 and it has to run out of the room now do you know who they originally wanted to play hawkeye i read it but i can't remember who was it james gardner huh interesting he would have been one of the ones that would have went on to the TV show. Possibly, yeah. Um, which would have been really bad for Alan Alda. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, he went from this and did, uh, what was that where he was the private detective? Um, Rockford Files. Rockford Files. He did okay there. I mean, it was no mash, but it was pretty good. Uh, here's the Torah, Torah, Torah thing. And what uh, was the other movie? Patton. Yes, that's it. Uh, one innovation of Robert Altman's was the almost constant overlaying of dialogue. As many as four conversations could be happening at one time in a given shot. Yep. While this was considered unorthodox and revolutionary at the time, Altman's instincts was vindicated when audiences agreed that the technique contributed to the feeling that war was messy and confusing. Robert Altman, as a director, was really good at coming up with new ideas for things to do and he threw a whole bunch of them in, in into this movie mainly because this movie was supposed to be a throwaway yeah the the studio was not expecting to make any money on this flick um and that's a 
bit of trivia we'll have a little bit later, but it's time for a break, everyone. Right. Sorry. Ready? Thank Poor you. Jordan's just sitting over there listening, going, this sucks, this sucks, <laughs> I got nothing to talk about, this because sucks. Jordan had more didn't, time to watch the movie instead of his 24 hours. movie, and he's, but he's got an hour and a half long podcast from a computer that he never had to do. Exactly. So go over to Jordan Travel Shows, and you'll never know the if it's real. podcast. You'll never know if it's real or fake. Is it real or is it Memorex? Memorex. All right, everyone. We'll be right back. your fault there's so much you have to know or find a girl settle down if you want you can marry look at me I am old but I'm happy I was once like you are now and I know that it's not easy to be calm when you found something going on But take your time, think a lot Why think of everything you've got For you will still be here tomorrow But your dreams may not How can I try to explain When I do, he turns it's always been the same, same old story From the moment I could talk I was ordered to listen Now there's a way And I know that I have to go away I know I have to go Depressing song, but great for a depressing movie. <laughs> mm. I was just reading through some of this trivia, and I did not realize that the football game was actually directed by somebody else. Who? Maybe that's why you didn't like it. Um, Andy said. Darius, who would later become known for directing the Malibu Express and several other B-level action movies starring naked playboy models. According to Sidaris in an interview, Robert Altman came to him in tears and begged him to direct the game footage because Altman didn't know anything about football. Sidaris, who was directing NFL football game coverage for ABC at the time, agreed. 
He said he not only shot the footage, he also helped cast it and even ad-libbed some of the dialogue, including John Shuck's character saying, I'm going to take your fucking head off. At the end of the picture, he went to a screening they had at Fox, and the PR guy and producer hugged him saying, my God, Andy, without you, we have never done this fucking picture. That screening was for 300 sportscasters and sports writers, and they gave him a standing ovation. Then... Sidaris looked at the closing credits and saw that they had taken off his name and he was furious. Altman had taken all the credits. All thought he directed the football game along with everything else. Wow. Ah, a little yellow in the background there. Colonel Henry Blake was actually portrayed by Roger Bowen. McLean Stevenson played Henry Blake in the TV series. Yep. Did you know that Bowen died February 16th, 1996? And McLean Stevenson died February 15th, 1996, one day apart. That's kind of weird. They ain't gonna lie. Thank you. That's some trivia there. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> I know Jordan didn't see the the movie. I really wish Jordan was here next week for the TV show. I kind of yeah, I kind of wish I did see the movie. Might have to watch it. Um well, I don't know what your schedule is. You're always welcome to be here next week. But the the movie I I think you have a different perspective on the television series after the movie. And we did talk about certain things like could this movie be made now? References like heavy editing. Oh dear God. You could not say spear chucker. References <laughs> like spear chucker. The fact that all the women are being womenized through the entire movie. I mean, the first 15 minutes is Tom Skerritt basically trying to accost a nurse. The movie poster board is basically a you know, arms and then legs. Have a girl, yeah. Just, oh, man. Just be a hard movie to make now. <laughs> I love when he's talking about they're going to get uh, Spear Tucker Jones into the camp and scare his character like, well, where's he going to stay? He's like, well, we'll just have him stay with us and scare his character is like, Y'all serious? It's bad enough I got to deal with y'all Yankees. You're going to have a Negro coming into Oxford? They're like, oh, Jesus Christ. That's a little... Didn't do that today. Nope, nope, nope. Uh, so... Did, wait, did you notice at the end when Scarrett's character is going home, he, like, shakes Spear Tucker's hands and, I'll see you around, and Spear Tucker's like, yeah, I doubt that. so like i said we out of out of this whole movie you do have henry blake you do have hawkeye you do have all the characters come out of this movie and into the television series while being played by somebody else Yet, one person, one person made the transfer. And we we did talk about his, uh, his deformed what, hand. Yeah, deformed hand, whatever. Um, but Barry Gert. Gary Berghoff. <laughs> Gary Berghoff went on to be a very credible actor in several different things. Oh, God. 
Bless you. Bless you. Still can't hear you. You didn't want to hear that. Don't <laughs> worry, we'll fix that in post. <laughs> Holy cow. Um Yeah, he uh he went on to be a formidable actor in several different things. But he actually won an Emmy. Uh nominated for MASH. 1979, 78, 77, 76, 75, 74, 73. Um, and one for one of them. Uh, he was also nominated for Outstanding Service Show Host in Pets, Part of the Family. Which was a 1999 TV show. But uh, 1977, he won for Radar O'Reilly. Um, a very interesting man. And like I said, he was the only one who moved on from the movie to, uh, to the TV show. His character... Radar on MASH, 1972, which would be the TV show, showed a fondness for care of animals. And that was actually inspired by Gary's true love for wildlife. He was a wildlife um, activist, raised a lot of money for the World Wildlife Federation, different thing, uh, Mutual of Omaha. Yeah, really. Used to be really big with wildlife uh, shows and stuff like that. Um, Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. Yeah, yeah. Do you know when he left MASH? I thought he went out to the bitter end of the series. Nope. After season seven, he left because of burnout. Well, that's right. Klinger took over his job. Forgot about that. Correct. Uh, fascinating fact about this gentleman. He was a fisherman. And during the filming of this film, he was the one that taught Henry Blake how to make lures. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> He actually holds several patents for fishing lures. No shit. Yep. Huh. Uh, he was a musician at one point in time. Jazz musician. Besides recording a jazz album in the early 1980s, he wrote more than 100 songs and won the ASCAP Award for Excellence three times. He played drums, didn't he? I think it was drums. Because I think he played drums in the TV series once or twice. Yeah. Uh, best quotes, I was just a kid, but I was a rotten kid. <laughs> my son gave me the permission to accept my ex success. Um, I don't vote for the guy I trust. I vote for the guy who trusts me the most. Um. Well just a very interesting character, and I, I really loved the fact that he stayed with the show. Um, being the only one to, to move forward. Well, okay, I say that. Some of the nurses, some of the uh, other people actually went on from the movie into the television show, but none of the main characters except for radar moved on yep uh, what else do i have dead air dead air dead air well I, I had i not been stuck in a hospital all day monday would have had a little bit more stuff but you know i 
little behind the eight ball. So, um, wow, Nurse Abel from Mash just died April fourth. Oh wow. She was kind of cute, too. Blind-haired girl in the movie. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I thought one of the interesting things about the end of the movie when they're doing the credits is that they had all these announcements over the PA and they did the ending credit as announcements over the PA, almost breaking the fourth wall, but it was just a really kind of organic way of getting right into the credits and everything. I thought that was very interesting. Um, and the, and the, the PA announcements were definitely a way to show how inefficient and stupid everything going on in the military was, which it was a nice little... And, and that whole thing was really the, the whole thing about MASH and the Korean War was really just a jab at the United States being in the Vietnam War. I mean, it was just a commentary, social well, commentary. There was actually a a piece of trivia that I didn't mention, which was that Altman, the director, had taken out any annotations that this was North Korea because it was during the Vietnam War. And the studios made him put in that it was the Korean War. Um, just to kind of... Uh, Appease the government? Yeah. And so, oh God. <laughs> so, yeah, that uh, that was another bit of trivia that we had going on here um suicide is painless actually made the top 100 list oh really <laughs> uh you already went over um what's his name's review and we went yep. over do you know how much this film grossed worldwide? Oh, man, I, I was just on that page. It was something like a $1 million budget, and they pulled down like 96 or something like that. It was a $3.5 million budget, and they grossed $81 million. Not too shabby, my friends. No, no. Not too shabby. Uh, technical spec. Well, this is this is like this is like on a bunch of people's top one hundred best movies of all time. Also, yeah. Uh, did you know? Uh, alter alternate versions. Some of the scenes that were altered in the US PG version were the arterial spurting from the neck <laughs> of the patient was removed. When Ohula when Hulan was surprised in the shower, the tent flap begins to rise, but the scene is cut away. And the F word was removed from the football game. Well I think this film on its first showing to the censors got an x rating because of the arterial blood spurts and everything like that so they they did tone it down and then ask for forgiveness and got the r rating before it was produced so uh Robert Altman cast so many unknowns that after the few known actors Tom Skerritt Elliot Gould etc the opening credits are entirely introductions <laughs> and introducing so-and-so and introducing so-and-so <laughs> with its initial box office take of $41 million. They made $41 million in the first year. Right at the rip. That's nice. 
Uh, this movie, up until that time, was the second highest grossing comedy film of all time. Coming in just below The Graduate. Wow. <laughs> On an inflation-adjusted basis, MASH still, as of 2020, ranks highly among the list of highest-grossing comedy films. Nice. Uh, that James Gardner. When studio executives first saw the dailies, they complained to Robert Allman that the soldiers looked dirty compared <laughs> to the soldiers in Torah, 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 and Patton. Altman, a veteran of World War II, replied that soldiers in war are dirty. The next day, the executives told the producers of the two films to make their soldiers look dirtier. (laughs) Jordan's just sitting there chawing on a straw. He's bored. Dude, this was the wrong show to come in on if you didn't know anything about MASH. Oh, yeah. I know. But we sat down and played darts Sunday, and I told mm-hmm. you what the show was about. Yes, and I came back home and slept and then went to work and then went to work today. And came straight here. He actually sent me a text that said, were we drunk or am I coming on the show tonight? <laughs> yes. Yes and yes. Robert Bowen, who played Colonel Henry Blake in the movie. Oh, I already went over that one. Sorry. According to Elliot Gould, Sylvester Stallone revealed to him that he was an extra in the film. Really? When Gould later told this to Robert Altman, Altman refused to accept this as fact. Because he was not a fan of Stallone's work. (laughs) My God, that's funny. Uh, According to Robert Altman, this was the first R-rated movie to use the word fuck. Uh, During the filming, Donald, Donald Sutherland and Elliot Gould became so frustrated with the directorial style of Robert Altman, who often had his actors talk over each other, that they went to the head of production to demand demand he be fired. Yep. And Elliot Gould, after he saw the movie, apologized, but Sutherland never did. And... Altman and Sutherland never worked together after that. The loudspeaker shots and announcements were added after editing. Yeah, somebody said that the, the, the film needed something to tie it all together, and so they thought that was a kind of an organic way of, of splicing in this and that and the other thing. The filmmakers realized they needed more transition. Some of the loudspeaker shots have the moon visible and were shot while the Apollo 11 astronauts were on the moon. (laughs) And although this film was set on the front lines of the Korean War, the only gunshots heard in the entire film were the referee's pistols at the football game. (laughs) And that's a great line. I love that. You gotta admit the lines from Houlihan in that football game were hilarious oh my god they shot the quarterback no you incredible nincompoop that's the end of the quarter all right this one's long so bear with me (laughs) the film is radically different from the novel robert altman describes the novel as pretty terrible and somewhat racist the only major black character has the name Spear Chucker, although this would have been quite typical and accepted during the time frame of 
of the movie. He claims the screenplay was used only as a springboard. However, the screenplay itself reveals that while there is some improvisation in the film, and although Altman moved major sequences around, most sequences are in the screenplay. The main deletion is a subplot of Ho-Chan's portrayed by Kim Atwood, uh, returned to the 4077 as a casualty. When Radar steals blood from Henry, it's for it's for Hojan's Hojan's yeah. operation. Yep. Uh, Robert Altman didn't want Sally Kellerman initially because he thought she was too attractive. <laughs> Dumbass. And he intentionally wanted unattractive actors and actresses. This is contrary to how the vast majority of the movie are cast, wherein the actors are purposefully attractive, even in depictions of actual persons who were not that attractive in real life. I don't know why. Why, why did they have all that added? I don't know. Shit in there. Wait, Burt Reynolds turned down the role of Trapper John? Yes the hell god that was my next one <laughs> good lord could you imagine that burt reynolds that, that would have been hilarious john although, although it would have been a little too hammy i think and might not have worked real well elliot gould was phenomenal with I love what cracks Trapper open john. The- the jar of olives <laughs> drops it into the martini. <laughs> Can't have a good martini without an olive. And and all of them look at him and go, "We don't have olives here." This <laughs> olives? this here this here is a martini, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Jordan. All this talk about this flick, doesn't it make you want to go watch it? I do, because I I like to see original films that started as TV series. This just seems interesting, especially the shower scene. Yeah, it's it's a bit of all right. Um, I might download this and on my flight to Las Vegas Saturday, watch it. Amazon Prime. They have it for free right now. Mm, That works great. (laughs) Yeah. It works for me. It works for him. All right. We have another show coming up next week where we're going to actually discuss the TV show, the differences between the TV show, the movie, and go a little more in depth on the fight that Roger, the writer, had with both the uh, television production company as well as the movie production company. Cool. And how he sat back and Mr. Hooker did not like the play. No. Did not like the play at all. Nope. Um, what else is going on? We, what else is coming up, guys? Hey, Putin Bay. In a few months. I'm going to mention it every day. <laughs> Putin Bay is coming up. What do you have going on, Bert? Not dying, apparently. Uh, Lots of doctor's appointments in my future. Less drinking, less vaping, and more exercising, apparently. Dumbass. Stick with the more exercising, not dropping the drinking and vaping. (laughs) Are you saying 
You like movies about gladiators? <laughs> Poor guy. Poor guy. I've never seen a grown man naked. <laughs> you ever seen a grown man naked? Miladia, like Turkish baths. What the hell you say? <sighs> I, 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 okay. I'm glad that you're okay. And I hope you're healthy. Some of us are in much better shape than you. As far as you know. Yeah. Could be delayed. <laughs> Like for me, I could feel healthy right now, but tomorrow I might not wake up. Yeah, you never know. Thanks for being depressing. They opened Disneyland in 1956. Nothing worked. Yeah, but John, the Pirates of the Caribbean breaks down. The Pirates don't eat the tourists. <laughs> Thanks for being positive. <laughs> I tried to. Yeah, I know. Um... Yeah, Mount Everest is littered with the corpses of positive people. Emotional damage. They had hope, but the hope failed. <laughs> Guys, just remember this. Don't beat yourself up over past mistakes. You are going to fuck up again in the future quite possibly in a most spectacular fashion. Why worry about yesterday's fuck-ups when you have tomorrow's fuck-ups to look forward to? You are a fuck-up and fucking up is part of your growth process. Embrace the process. Just remember, you're going to get words of wisdom like this every week on Wait. the Davis and Davis show. <laughs> Uh, what do you have going on, Jordan? Well, I just have my normal work, work every day, fly outside of Vegas for work, come back, work. What's your podcast? Again, work and try to do my podcast in between all this time. What is your podcast? My podcast? My podcast is called The Wandering Freelancer Podcast. Ooh, we talk oh, about travel wonder. and tech. Technology, I think, production. I think I, I, think I, I was on it. just got back from it. NAB in Las Vegas. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. How'd that go? We were on the very first episode. NAB is really good. I was in Vegas for about 36 hours, maybe, and almost missed my flight thanks to an Uber driver who <laughs> did not want to come pick me up. And then instead drove to the airport without me in the car and refused to cancel, saying that he did not know how to cancel, which I said, I do drive for Uber, so I know how you can cancel. And I'm oh. not going to cancel on you. He just didn't want to get the cancellation fee. Or he, he didn't want to get my cancellation fee. He wanted to get it, but he didn't want to cancel to not get it. So I will send said, you to keep that. I'm going to keep the app open. I'm not going to cancel, so you're not going to get any uh, pings on Uber. So <laughs> it's up to you. You cancel or not. Well, I made it at the airport about 6.03 p.m. Piss him like an impotent jerk and then bend over and take it up the tailpipe. <laughs> <clears throat> hmm. Well. Well. I feel yeah. for you. I that do. It's an interesting day. Yeah. Totally interesting. interesting. Scott yeah. Scott uh, teach me how to throw darts though Sunday night. Oh so yeah, that was an accomplishment. You, you've so never apparently thrown it wrong. Oh, taught you the right way to flip. To... Yeah. Oh, okay, got it. Okay. Yeah. How yeah, he he kind of improved. He had a weird throw. It was like I don't know. He was like, "I'm gonna push it. I'm gonna push it." And I was like, "Here, mm -hmm. video me throwing a dart." And he videotaped it in slow motion. And I was like, you see, I'm releasing the dart at the apex. I'm not I'm following waiting. through. Yeah. Every time. And I'm telling you, the, the kid almost hit a bull like his first <laughs> shot. I was like, 
fuck, I shouldn't have done that. I'm going to start <laughs> losing. Now I have competition. Damn. <laughs> How the hell did that happen? Um, but yeah, the Tiki Bar's been open every night. We're all throwing darts every night. I I gotta stop this though because I'm drinking my ass off lately. Uh, what what else is going on, man? Um, we've already talked about Jordan's shit. We've talked about Burke's shit. What do I have going on? I have davisonddavisshow.com, the place for you to go find information about everything that we do here on the Davis and Davis Show if it ever gets updated. Yeah, it's probably not going to happen for a while. So Then we you have... Don't, you don't drink anything new, so you don't have to put anything up there. <laughs> I drink Will It. I drink. <laughs> well, I've got Carlsberg beer. tonight. Carlsberg. <laughs> I like my beer. Um, hey, any y'all fan of the Super Troopers movies? Oh yeah. They uh, made a video yesterday or the other day about Super Troopers three that they're in the process of writing the script. Nice. Mm-hmm. Was that on YouTube? Uh, no, wasn't um, Super Troopers one? They sourced themselves. Super Troopers two, they crowdsourced and made the movie through crowdsourcing. But apparently, they're making the three now. There are a couple it, uh, of Super Troopers three videos on YouTube, however, so. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of Super back. Troopers. I mean, I had to go back and watch Super Troopers, and then I actually watched Super <laughs> Troopers 2 yesterday, and I saw that number three is coming out. Is that is that true? Uh, yeah, we're writing it right now. We're working on it. And um, we're working on a couple of movies that we're planning on shooting in the next uh, couple of years with uh, with Fox Searchlight. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's uh, we're just going to keep keep the laughs coming. Do you know when Super Troopers 3, when we could expect to see that? Uh, I'm not sure yet. We're right in the middle of the script writing. So um, uh, it's fun. We do. A, well, I guess it's kind of fun. We do these Zoom meetings now with Broken Lizard where we all get on this the Zoom together. We don't have to be in the same room together. It's fantastic. And, uh, you know, we write the script <laughs> together. And so I think we'll be done with that, you know, probably this year. And then um, and then hopefully shoot it next year. But we'll see. All right, that was actually from two years ago, um, and that was the the <laughs> soonest one that I could find was eight months ago. But I did look online, and they said that they are in production of Super Troopers three, which is probably Jordan's favorite film. It is. The whole, the, the, the whole guys from Broken Lizard are geniuses from Beer Fest, Super Troopers, Club Dread, whatever. Still waiting well, for Pot Fest with Willie Nelson. Wait, they they did Beer Fest? Yeah, it was mm-hmm. the same guys. Holy did you not recognize shit. them? Sorry. No. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you're No, I reckon... Okay. Jordan was the one that got me into Super Troopers. And uh I I don't know how yeah, I, I as Super first Super Troopers I was like I've got to watch this twice cuz the first time I was like this is stupid as hell. But then again, I sat back and loved Dumber and Dumber because some guy jumped around on a toilet seat for <laughs> five minutes. So I was like, I got to get back into this. Then all of a sudden, Tacoma FD came out. And I was like, mm-hmm. same guys. Huge fan. Huge, <laughs> best show. A slow on the drop, but he got there eventually. Best comedy ever. I don't know, man. Reno 911's up there. 
Mm-hmm. Um, okay. There's two reasons why I can say that To Come FD is the best sitcom ever. One. It's written by the guys from Super Trooper. Number two. His daughter in the show is from Dallas, Texas. And I've actually done a show with her here. So glad I you, have glad you finished that sentence. And I've actually done a show with her here. <laughs> I'm playing with them. <laughs> <laughs> She's got huge cracks of land. <laughs> But yeah, I had to play Lone Wolf McQuaid on that one, man. <laughs> Best things is sliced bread. Anyways, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I think we're kind of done with this. Uh, yeah. Plus, I wrap ha- this one up. I have to pee, and Burke has to go take his heart and palpitation medication because he's dying. Yeah. Uh, you will get an update on the website when he does finally croak. Rest. So dark. Rest in peace. In peace. The hell? That's for white people. (sighs) All right, fuck it. (laughs) All right, buddy. Uh, Sorry about that. All right, man. And it'll be license and registration. You, you know what the last thing that Burke said was? It's like I picked the wrong straight. week to quit amphetamines. Oh, it's like I picked the wrong week to quit sniffing glue. You ever seen a grown man naked? <laughs> You're Arcot Ramathorn. Ram. And I'm Rod Farfall. Rod. Car Ramrod. Car Ramrod. Get it? Yeah, I got it. <laughs> Hey, try not to suck any dick on the way through the parking lot. (laughs) All right. Hey, we got to get out of here, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you had a good time tonight. Hey, and we kept it under two hours. Nice. I like that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you from Jordan. Or I'm sorry. Thank you from Burke, Scott, and... The hell that's for white people. Mustache ride. (laughs) See you later. Have a good night.